0: Hello, my name is Vincent Wall and I'd like to welcome you to this latest series of The Future of Business podcast, brought to you by Mazars in Ireland. In this series, Mark Kennedy, Managing Partner of Mazars in Ireland, and I, with the help of a number of specialist guests, will be assessing the growing importance of ESG, that's environmental, social and governance issues for businesses. we discuss how regulation and legislation at home and abroad and the rapidly evolving engagement of investors and other key stakeholders with the ESG-related policies and practices of firms and organisations will increasingly determine their operational success, their reputations and their ability to attract customers and to recruit and retain talent. We're going to kick off the series by talking to Mark Kennedy about why ESG, this whole area of environmental, social and governance,
1: is so important. Hi, Vincent. Um, I think for Mazars, there's, there's a couple of reasons that we're looking at this, particularly at the moment. Um, and I think, first of all, to put it in context, I think the majority of us nowadays accept climate change is caused by human activity. We're far more conscious today of the consequences of inequality on the well-being of the whole planet and all its population. Things like biodiversity and the impact that has on supply chain is something that is much more accepted than, and understood than it was a few years ago. So we're now in a world where I think for most of us, this is an accepted reality and we feel that we have something to do. Um, and maybe just to put that in context, one thing that has struck me in my own research on it is, we currently emit, if we take one greenhouse gas, about 32 billion tonnes of CO2 every year, and as somebody who spends a lot of time with numbers, it sometimes strikes me that we, we we throw billions and trillions around without really thinking about it. And I found something recently, you know, that a million seconds is about sixteen months. But a billion seconds takes you up to thirty one years. So it gives you a sense of the scale and the vastness of what we're trying to do and as a as a world. And maybe I suppose as a firm we realise we need to play our part in in addressing that. Otherwise and we all do, otherwise we won't. We won't um, manage to succeed in some of the UN sustainability goals and so on. Um, And there's two drivers within it then as a firm. One is people. Um, We obviously have a lot of staff around the world. We have more than 25,000 people working with us today. And as individuals, we all feel that. And that's driving a certain interest within the firm. And there's things we're doing as a firm trying to play our part. But also we have lots of customers and we're connected as a network of businesses in the role that we play as a firm. And so we see that the people side is driving it very strongly. The other thing, I suppose, from a business perspective is we're now in a world where regulation is more of a factor. We see what the European Union is doing with the Green New Deal. and That is creating both business challenges and opportunities. Reporting is a core part of our business. Again, we're looking at mandatory reporting in various countries. So as a firm, from a business perspective, that has always felt that our role is to help businesses, prosper in the long term and to be sustainable in the holistic sense of the word, that we need to be playing a part in that way as well in providing services that support our clients to do well in this emerging environment. And from your
0: engagement with clients, particularly so here in Ireland, do you think that uh, it's principally the carrot or the stick of regulation and regulation that's coming down the road that's getting businesses to start focusing on this whole area?
1: As business leaders today, I think we don't really understand the scope of what's involved and the extent of what we should be doing as businesses. Um, And I don't think we've got to either stick or carrot yet. If I look at the European precedents and, you know, say in France, Spain and Italy, there's already mandatory reporting for corporates of their ESG impact. You're starting to see a bit more of a stick approach, but it's, it's not actually being wielded by regulators. It's being wielded by their consumers and by their employees. And it was a very interesting study in France in the last couple of years where college graduates were listing out the companies that they wouldn't work for and that they wouldn't buy from because they don't appreciate their ESG stance or their their position on various social and climate issues. So I think the stick is not coming from regulation yet. And if you look at the, the Green Deal that has been described by the European Commission, it's very much carrot. It's not stick. It's helping to transition. So we're 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 at the early stages of, I think, carrot, not stick yet, but today is more about education. And the analogy with Mazars, I suppose, is that we are, like everybody else, not really sure of all of the, the scope of this and the parameters and how we as a firm impact the world in the different ways that we can. So we're learning about it. And part of the idea of this series was to meet some experts who've thought far more deeply than I have and to understand what they're seeing and what they're what they're suggesting to businesses and to, uh, in that way to help play a role in educating other businesses and maybe, uh, you know, allow people to explore it in a kind of friendly way.
0: And just before we we give a flavour of the type of experts we we, we hope to talk to you through the series, you, you mentioned two key stakeholder groups there, uh, customers and employees. Increasingly, particularly if, if companies are listed or if they're looking for private equity, Increasingly, investors are also a very important and evolving stakeholder group in this whole area, aren't they?
1: Yeah, yeah. And we're seeing, I suppose, in in two very interesting ways. Um, First of all, those who deal with investors, the the broker firms and so on, are working hard independently of regulators to set up a kind of a, a taxonomy for what is a green investment and what's not. Now, that's going to be accelerated enormously by the European Union because they're planning to bring around bring a directive out next year that will deal with that. So you've already got money following the issue and you've got money realising and investors realising that certain types of assets are not as long term, sustainable stranded assets in the energy industry and so on. So people are starting to grapple with those issues and that's a, an interesting development. The other area, I think, that, that there's been some very interesting developments in the recent past is around the banking side. We see, you know, we jointly uh, sponsored a report with Amfip, which is the organisation of regulators in Europe, um, and they looked at what central banks are doing. And central banks are beginning the process of understanding stress testing and so on, and how you measure the resilience of financial institutions, including insurance companies, not just banks. But you're also seeing banks beginning to launch green bonds and... One of the Irish banks, AIB, was the first in this country, but also I think the second in Europe to launch a green bond in in, in recent weeks. So you can see the investor community in different ways is starting to engage with these issues.
0: And even Larry Fink, uh, the head of the the largest investor group in the in the world, BlackRock, at least making the right noises in his letters to chief executives at the start of the year.
1: Exactly, and he's been doing that for a number of years. I mean, he he very publicly came out about three years ago with a with a very I thought a very well thought through and an intelligent um, contribution and BlackRock has continued on a path since then and others are following them. I mean, it's it's quite clear. So the amounts of, um, I suppose, from the the business community's perspective, whether you're in the finance side or whether you're in, you know, producing and making things, the amount of revenue, the amount of economic cost that's involved in some of the changes that we face into is enormous. And so I think that's waking people up to it in different ways.
0: Now, I think most people, Mark, are familiar with the acronym ESG, environmental social governance, Uh, environmental, I suppose, principally climate change. But it's a very broad spectrum and includes a whole lot of areas going all the way to human rights and how uh, companies and organisations monitor and comply with human rights guidelines. And and we're hoping to talk to a number of people covering that spectrum in this series.
1: Yeah. So I think as we conceived of it, we wanted to try and address the broad scope of What's captured by the sustainability goals, by the UN goals. So it does certainly focus on environmental issues, biodiversity, climate change, and so on. Um, I think it probably leans a little bit more towards the social, and I include business in social. So that's a key issue for us. How do we as businesses act? or play a role in addressing some of these issues. And governance, obviously, then fits with that. How do we organise ourselves to do that? So to kind of animate it, we've asked some contacts of the firm, friends of the firm, people we've worked with in the past to try and represent different categories. So we have some um, participants from the not for profit space that are working with climate change issues on the ground, but have very strong views how business can support that. And it's not the old donate money and we'll solve the problem. Much more interesting take on that and also a much deeper understanding of some of the practical issues around climate finance and so on. We've got um, a contributor from the university sector who looks at the issues around benchmarking and reporting as behavioural change drivers, which I think is a a big issue. Um, We have a few Mazar's participants who are well-versed in the um, regulatory framework and what's emerging there and reporting for businesses. And I think we then wanted to get a little bit of a view from industry. So we have a few different industry participants that will join us and give us a perspective on some of the difficulties they see and and maybe some of the solutions. So in the composite, we hope to address the E, S and G over the coming weeks. And all the nuances in between, hopefully.
0: Looking forward immensely to the series. But for the moment, Mark Kennedy, Managing Partner, Mazars in Ireland.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Vincent.
0: Thank you for listening to The Future of Business with Vincent Wall and Mazars. You can comment and rate us wherever you find this podcast or on mazars.ie. Bye for now.